You're listening to Resilient Forward, a podcast show to educate the public on the people, businesses, governments, and nonprofits working on resilient solutions and innovative strategies to our most challenging environmental issues. I am your host, Irela Bagué, a Florida native and environmental advocate. I have seen firsthand the impacts of climate change and its effects on our economy. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and learn something new about the fight against climate change in our path towards a resilient future. So welcome everyone to Resilient Forward. As you know, we are um, pivoting over to covering more of the COVID-19 coronavirus um, information to provide our listeners with, you know, information that we feel everyone should um, should have during these very difficult times. And um, hopefully we'll get through this very soon and go back to covering our environmental issues uh, related to resilience and um, water resources and so forth. But today we are very lucky to have Dr. Judy Wolger with us. She's an internal medicine specialist um, in Miami, Florida, and has been practicing for over uh, 27 years or so, or, or a little more than that. She specializes in internal medicine and concierge medicine, affiliated with the University of Miami, and she received her medical degree from the University of Florida College of Medicine, and also speaks Spanish and English. So we're very lucky to have Dr. Wolger in our community and um, taking some time out of her incredibly busy schedule dealing with all the issues that we're dealing with right now due to the crisis to talk to us and kind of shed some light on many questions that people have. Um, so Dr. Wolger, welcome to Resilient Forward. Thanks so much for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, keeps coming up and, and, and there's so much misinformation out there um, during this time and, and people are just getting bombarded with, with constant information either in social media or on the news and it's not always accurate. Um, what tips can you give um, patients um, right now to really, you know, understand what the symptoms are and prevent the spread of, um, of the novel corona, coronavirus? Well, probably the biggest tip is to stay connected to your doctor. Um, in our office, we're using telemedicine. Um, we're following the stay-at-home rules that are currently in place. And obviously, everything changes day-to-day, moment-to-moment. But currently, we're at stay-at-home orders. So we're trying to reinforce the social distancing. But patients, therefore, should be on the phone or on a telemedicine call with their doctors when they have symptoms. Um, okay. I spoke to someone lady, uh, to a lady yesterday, for example, uh, mm-hmm. someone who said, well, I don't have the cough, but she had a lot of GI symptoms. So I thought it was really important to work through with her, you know, what was the timeline, what had gone on, because there are reports that sometimes this corona can pre- present with GI symptoms. So staying in contact with someone Um, she's someone I'll be calling back today, calling back tomorrow. She's on a list of my callbacks now to check on just to make sure that she's on the road to improvement and not getting worse. So stay in touch. It is, 
let me say uh, an additional comment. It's a little confusing um, even to the medical community because there's so much information coming through on the internet, and it's right. not all of it is accurate. <laughs> you know, we're, we're know. sifting through what 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 is really what is really a a, a study. Uh, we don't right now. We're not doing studies in a traditional fashion with a randomized, double-blind control group. You know, it, this is we need the information as quickly as we can, but we want to make sure it's accurate. Right, and that's the key: um, accuracy and and really, you know, when you, you know, for example, since you're doing a lot of telemedicine, describe to me, um, you know, how is that working out for you and your patients? Is it working out, you know? Well, do they feel good about, you know, the visit, even though it's through a camera? How, yeah. how is that going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's so it's so it's been fantastic. We I, I communicate with my patients in multiple ways. I, I've been sending sort of every four to five days an email to everybody just that that to kind of stay in touch. Like, here's the latest. And then texting. Some people prefer texting. Some people I do the phone call and some people want the face to face. So we do a Zoom session. So I do any combination. Um, some people get all of those because as many touch points as possible makes us feel better. Um, so right. the, the, the Zoom sessions, we tend to just schedule like a regular appointment. You have a nine o'clock appointment, but instead of having to get in your car and drive over there, we just pop on the computer and we talk. And, yeah, it's um, amazing so how 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 everyone had to kind of transition into this new normal for us, where we would you know get in our car, go to meetings, and go to events and and, and such, like myself. And now I find yes. myself in front of my computer or my phone <laughs> most of the day. Yes, it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm I'm glad that's working out for you and your patients. Um, one thing you know that I'd like to to ask you know, the difference between the flu and this coronavirus, because there's a lot of, you know, anxiety over, you know, obviously we're, we're kind of tapering off the flu season now, but, but yet, you know, I'm sure you're seeing patients with similar symptoms and how do you, how to decipher? Well, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, It's very difficult because both are caused by a virus, both initially present with some, sort of generic symptoms, maybe a fever, generalized malaise, that body ache and pain. Um, the corona, though, uh, when it gets bad, seems to progress rapidly and with more severity. There's there's more of the shortness of breath. The shortness of breath component is um, probably the biggest um, biggest symptom, but, but the most commonly named symptom for people who actually get admitted to the hospital is shortness of breath. So that's the key indicator. So if you, you well, know, some, yeah, someone if, starts feeling short of breath and they're not asthmatic and they haven't had, you know, breathing issues in the past, that would yeah, be kind I'm of like up, a I'm, little flag. Yeah I'm, pulling up a, yeah, I'm pulling up a little study that I saw yesterday that uh, when people were admitted to the hospital, 47% had coughs but 76% had shortness of breath. Wow. Okay. So, so, that's, so it's really, so it's really mm-hmm. that. And then 52% had fever. That means 48% did not have fever. <laughs> so, right. So, it so can't, it's you kind can't, of you're not just, yeah, yeah. So we're not just going by fever, but it's that whole combination. And again, there's, there's this sort of rapid deterioration 
Um, so that's what uh, the couple of patients I've had where we've had been highly suspicious. I said, I want you on the phone with me if you feel like your shortness of breath is worsening. Like, we don't play around with that. We're not keeping you at home for that. That's when we need oxygen support or, right. you know, help through through the hospital. And that leads me to my next question. When should a person go to the hospital? And what should they bring with them? Because I know that they can't come with their family members, and that's been a big, big issue, sadly, um, tragically for many. Um, right. So, yeah, when should when should they say, okay, it's time to go? So they should go when, I, I would say, when the shortness of breath is progressing. We we have heard that the progression on the X-ray and the CT scans um, becomes sort of rapid. So if someone's noticing that worsening um, in their breathing, then we want them to be where they can get help. Um, right. Fever, you know, as we said, it kind of comes and goes. So that's not as much the indicator, I don't think. Um, as you said, when we go to hospitals now, it's very different than any other time in history when we've gone to a hospital and all your family comes to visit and takes care of you and that sort of thing. People are going in alone and the family's asked to stay outside because we're trying to contain the spread. Right. So right. any sort of device, whether it's a phone or a pad or something where they can communicate with family is vitally important. Um, and of course, a charger, because um, most people are there for more than a day. But, you know, if someone's getting progression, they're typically there for a few days. So those right. are the, the, the uh, some kind of device with a charger would be the most important thing to go in with. Phone and a charger. Okay, that's, that's good information. Obviously, you need to stay connected. And thankfully, we can stay connected. Um, yeah. In, so, so there's, there's, there's also a lot of talk about, okay, um, how can I boost my immune system? How can I make, you know, myself a little bit more, my body more resilient, you know, just in case? Is, is there any study out there? Or is there anything that people could, should be doing right now to kind of like stay healthy? Uh, there's lots of ways to boost the immune system, definitely. We know that sleep is important. Um, maybe six to eight hours uh, helps with resetting the growth hormone release and uh, helping with immune function, um, eating healthy foods, uh, minimizing sugar intake would be important. We want an antioxidants, lots of vegetables uh, would be important, um, staying very well hydrated, uh, getting good oils. Oils are good for the brain. We want to stay mentally healthy as well. Uh, I was just listening to a class yesterday about hypnosis, and um, they quoted their research about how much they were able to boost the immune function by having people stay focused and do meditation for 30 minutes a day. So, so there are lots of things in those categories we can do. Um, then, of course, we also could jump over maybe to the idea of other, you know, immune boosters like vitamin C or or other herbs and things like that that can be helpful. So there are lots of categories that could help us. Right. It's interesting that you bring up the meditation because I, I, I was reading that, you know, stress is a huge factor in your immune system um, and oh, impacting your tremendous immune system. It is. Yeah. It's a tremendous drain on the immune system. And who isn't stressed with changing this? But, you know, right. we, were, we were meant to have that fight or flight response just for a few seconds or minutes at a time. 
and and you we can't we don't want to stay in that stress response for day after day week after week right now we want to find ways to decompress and to move away from that stress response to let the body heal right well let's talk about the importance of flattening that curve and staying home because it seems to me that most of the medical industry out there and most of the doctors that we see on on the news particularly with our with our um in government are saying this is pretty much the only way we can contain this it's you know it's pretty far gone but we can try to bring ourselves back to normal quicker if we just stay home yes yes endure the pain for another couple of weeks and we may be able to get past this i have right, a house right. full of teenagers so i'm finding <laughs> myself saying this a lot we just need to if you stay in the house you're not exposed so you know you've just got to stay with those rules for a short period of time right you know it's 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 we're all in this together as they say so um um I, I really appreciate your you spending the time with us. One one last question, and I'll, and I'll let you go because I know you have so much, so many patients to get to. Um, testing, you know, um, there's you know people think they need to get tested right away if they have you know a cough or whatever. What are the rules for testing? Because there's a lot of misinformation out there, so people don't waste their time and 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 go and end up being you know take days or out of their uh, hours out of their day and end up exposing themselves for no reason that's completely true and again i'll repeat rules change day by day moment by moment so something i'm saying now may not be true by the end of the day but in general testing is still really should be focused on people with symptoms um, I saw uh, one testing site that opened today, Tuesday, that is for people, initially it was going to be 65 and older, they changed it to 55 and older in Liberty City with symptoms, and you must have an appointment. So right. before going to a testing site, you want to call it or check on it on the internet to see if they have criteria, such as age criteria, and if a person needs to have symptoms because that would be important that you as you said don't sit in line for three hours and get to the front of the line and say oh gosh i you know don't have a fever so i don't qualify or something like that right and meanwhile you've exposed yourself or others who knows yeah yeah oh. <laughs> well dr Wilder, if someone wants to get a, um, in touch with you or it could be a potential patient for you are you taking patients and and if so how do they get in touch with you Yes, we're taking patients. We're, we're a concierge practice, so I'd have them in our, we have some staff, at the, very skeletal staff um, at the office. So the office number is 305-538-3828. And my email is my name, jwolger, that's J-W-O-O-L-G-E-R at outlook.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for all you're doing for our community, Dr. Wolger. Oh, and um, thank you for what you do with our for our community with your programming. We we love it, and um, we will be resilient and move forward yes. and uh, get back to other topics. Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, good luck with everything, and good luck for your patients. Well, you know, in this together, and we'll we'll get through this. We'll we'll be a resilient community yet again. Thank you so much. Yes, we will. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. Bye.
you for listening to Resilient Forward. Don't forget to like this episode on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to know more about Resilient Forward or join us as a guest, please visit www.resilientforward.com. Join us next time. And remember, our environment is our economy.